Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and... uh, your scholar of scotch today. This is uh, a great weekend. It's the Bite of Seattle weekend here in downtown Seattle, and uh, it's raging right across from me right now at uh, the Seattle Center Fairgrounds. Uh, lots of great weather, lots of food, lots of um, wine and beer, of course, and something new, which is really cool. It is uh, the Glenfiddich Experimental Dome, and uh, I like that they're, they got the spirits involved with the Bite of Seattle, because uh, I've been running around that place for years and years, and uh, you know, you you see the prices of the fajitas go up from five bucks to nine bucks, and um, you know where is that something extra, something special? Because the food's good and it's fun, and you can overeat for sure. But uh, I like to uh, do things in moderation and, and have new experiences. And this Glenfiddich Experimental Dome, of course, you you should know that Glenfiddich is a single malt Scotch located in Scotland, a distillery, I should say. They have a lot of different expressions, and uh, I'm really pleased to have Jennifer Wren, who is the Northwest Ambassador, the Western Regional Ambassador for Glenfiddich Distillery, and um, she is actually here in Seattle pouring um, Glenfiddich for the Experimental Dome, and she's going to talk to us about it and get a chance of uh, a feel for or a taste of what you're going to expect over there. So, hey, Jennifer Wren, welcome to Happy Hour. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Christopher. I'm really glad to be here, and I'm really excited about attending Bite of Seattle. It's my first time there. Yeah, well, it's it's fantastic. It's uh, one of the Seattle traditions. We have lots. In fact, we've got the Sea Fair and Torchlight and, of course, all of our little community festivals, which uh, mark the, the most of the end of summer. I mean, this is great to have such blue sky. Um, but I understand that uh, you got in this business, in uh, this industry, um, in a, kind of a roundabout way. Tell us about who you are and how you got into this business. I sure did. So when I was 18 years old, I went to New York City to be an actress, to pursue Broadway. And, uh, you know, when you want to do that kind of thing, you generally have to have a side job unless you have a, have to, a trust fund or something. So a lot of my colleagues were leaders, bartenders. When I first got there, I fell into special events. Um, a friend of a friend got me a job at an events company. And it was really cool because by day I was auditioning. By night, I was actually running and working on events for the Broadway community. So I did the Tonys. I did a lot of the opening night parties. It was really cool. Yeah, sounds fun. And then, unfortunately, because of 9-11, the events industry dried up a little bit. And it got a little fewer and farther between. Corporations didn't want to look showy. Uh, People started kind of pulling in uh, the reins a little bit on that. So I was out of a gig, and I was really concerned, and a good friend of mine had been working as a spirits brand ambassador, and she came to me and she said, hey, I heard through the grapevine that, you know, uh, you're looking for a job, and I think you'd be really good at this, and I was like, well, what is it, and she's like, just just trust me, go to the interview, whatever, Um, so I got the gig. And I started out working in Champagne, and it was as basic as going to liquor stores and on-premise accounts, 
and talking champagne. I mean, just basic, basic, you know, uh, traditional brand ambassador stuff. Yeah. But the beauty of that was if you can sell to somebody who walks into a liquor store and has no desire to talk to you, I promise you can talk about anything. It is a, it is a life skill I have carried with me. Um, because of that job, I began working in spirit. I then wound up on a single malt team in New York City. And the big change for me at that time was I would go to whiskey shows, I would go to whiskey festivals, and I was having time of my life. But then the next day I did a mission, and I was miserable. And one thing I said to myself, okay, wait, why am I spending all this time going to auditions when what seems to make me really happy is working in whiskey and working with whiskey people and, you know, being around this incredible, beautiful, thriving industry. And from that point on, about 2013, I decided to make it my life. And I slowly began taking little jobs here and there with more responsibility. Um, I worked with some really, really heavy hitter brands that are very tangential sideways kind of way. And then I eventually got the opportunity, for lack of a better word, to audition for Glenfiddich. And it has been the ride of my life. I am so grateful uh, to work with the team that I work with. Wow, so cool. Well, you know, it's interesting because the uh, single malt uh, spirits industry is, is dominated by the males, right? I mean, it's always the guys in kilts. And slowly we've had uh, the females enter this particular segment of our industry. And it's it's been fun because I think it gives them much more energy. And I'm, I'm curious, did you have to do a little skit? Or, you know, I was just watching La La Land the other day. Did you? <laughs> those the kind of interviews? Was that pretty true to what you had to do? <laughs> no, um... So I don't want to give too much away of the William Grant and Sons interview process. Uh, right. I'm sure they're, you know, inquiring minds want to know. But I will say this. Uh, when you are up for a job with me, they take their brand ambassador team very seriously. So I had about seven interviews spanning months. And the final interview is you have to give a presentation. And when I say presentation, you are presenting for the who's who of the company. Right. I have never done something more terrifying in my life. <laughs> it was really, really scary, uh, but really, really fun, too. That's great. And what product was your presentation on? Uh, that's, that's the part of it I can't tell you. That's a little <laughs> secret of the company. So, okay, yeah, I it like was, it. It was whiskey. This yeah, is so. uh, top high-level stuff here. Secret agent Jennifer Wren, the Western Regional <laughs> Ambassador for Glenfiddich Distillery. Or is it William Grant & Sons? Is that what I should be saying? Is that what you call it? Oh, no, the story, thanks for asking. Um, Glenfiddich, uh, and it is Glenfiddich, not Glenfiddich. <laughs> Everybody right. always says Glenfiddich. Um, was the flagship brand that was founded by a man named Mr. William Grant in Speyside, Scotland. Uh. So today we are still a sixth-generation family-owned company. We're 130 years old. Um, so Glenfiddich was his baby. Glenfiddich is still owned by the Grant family. And now we have a whole portfolio of other whiskeys and other spirits that have come into the William Grant and Sons uh, umbrella. So the company I work for is William Grant and Sons, and the brand that I represent is Glenfiddich Single Malt. Love it. Well, I've got the right the right lady on the line here on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> hey, so uh, you are just uh, experiencing something pretty cool, which is called Tales of the Cocktail. Now, this is the premier uh, United States, or is this a North America event? This is uh, Tales of the Cocktail down in New Orleans. Tell us about this. Wow. Tales of the Cocktail is 
Oh, I don't even know where to begin. It is crazy. So it started out as a, a very small uh, convention in New Orleans of bartenders and people that worked in hospitality. And uh, they were looking for a platform to educate and collaborate. One of the things about being a bartender about, you know, 25, 30 years, is a very lonely profession. You knew who you worked with at your bar, and that was about it. So it was a way for people to come together and share ideas and share techniques and talk about cocktail trends. So now it has become the probably the best known and most influential cocktail gathering in the world. People come from, I mean, every country you can imagine. They descend on New Orleans for a, a week. And it is everything from networking, uh, job-seeking, training and education. Uh, the brands like, like William Grant & Sons do huge portfolio parties. We invite the trade to come to. Um, now, Tales also does what they call Tales on Tour. So they will take this, like a mini version of the convention, and they'll sit down in other cities like Edinburgh, Scotland. So if you can't come to the New Orleans event that happens in July, <laughs> you can sometimes catch them around the globe. Wow, I love it. Well, I'm going to mark this on my calendar. I've got to get down there and do some happy hour radio interviews. And, of course, anytime you're throwing a portfolio party, I would like to <laughs> be invited Oh, yeah, that. it's going to be a big one tonight. So, so cool. We're expecting about 1,100 guests. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. The, and it's nice and warm and humid down there, I imagine. Oh, yes. Uh, so we're, we're going to be pouring tonight in a, in a wonderful area called Crescent Park by the river. Uh, we are fully expecting to bathe in bug repellent, but, wow. uh, but it's going to be a really great night. It's going to be big and bold and beautiful and celebrating diversity and love. So it's, it, we're really excited for the party. Wow. You, caught, you caught me at a good time. I'm not tired yet. If, if we, we're doing this tomorrow morning, I'd be exhausted. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about uh, this idea of the ex Glenfiddich Experimental Dome. Who, uh, who brainchilded this thing? This idea. Wow, um, that's a it, again. You're 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 just so on point with the questions you're asking. I just came out of a meeting with the Glenfiddich American team. So the dome, in a lot of ways, was the master plan of our brand manager, Mr. Michael Giardina. But the best thing about working on our team is all of these ideas that we have. We really workshop together. We get in a room and we do a brain drain, and everybody just just throws ideas on the wall and we talk about where Glenfiddich is going, where it's been. So the Dome was an amalgamation of a lot of ideas we had explored in the previous year, so like, like the 2016 calendar. Um, but the idea is to invite guests to come, you know, guests that buy the Seattle or we're doing, we're doing uh, food events around the country, to come in to a space that feels foreign yet modern sexy and sleek but playful and really invite people to play with single malt whiskey um glenfiddich is a playful brand we're a very accessible whiskey we're, we're transparent we're funny we're wry and um I, I by the way i don't mean rye we're barley, but I, mean rye with a w. Yeah. I, know, <laughs> I got it so thank you so um so we really want to invite people to, to come on that journey with us and to get, get crazy with whiskey. So there are various stations in which we play with your senses. Uh, your, the way you visually uh, taste something, visual is a lot of what you perceive taste to be. Um, the aromas in whiskey, we present it in a very unique way. And then we do some really out-of-the-box cocktails. 
because one of the things that we like to say, you know, uh, single malt single, it likes to mingle. It likes to be in cocktails. <laughs> wow. And that's a rule that, that people are almost afraid to break. They're like, why would you put this beautiful 15-year-old, you know, single malt in a cocktail? Well, don't you want cocktails to have incredible ingredients? I mean, that's why you would put it in a single malt cocktail, you know. So, so it's just a way for people to really kind of break down the walls, have a great time in a really welcoming setting. How big is this dome? Because we have we used to have a dome here in Seattle called the King Dome. Um, I imagine <laughs> it's not quite that big. But how many people can oh. can participate in this experimental dome at a time? It's so funny. I'm looking around my hotel room. I'm like, is the dome as big as my hotel room? I would say the dome is about twenty. Five feet from wall to wall, and I've seen as many as oh my god, probably forty people in it at one time. Wow! So, so you have enough hands-on stations and things like that for people to, for a whole large group to interact. So you're not waiting in line and things like that, right? We do. I'm not, I'm not the only one there. We have an incredible ah. bartender team um, that has been going around the country with us that that created these cocktails with us. Um, we have what we call assistant brand ambassadors. So um, local, talented whiskey people that talk about all the different aspects. Um, and so there's, there's a whole crew. So when you walk in, you're, you're, it's wall-to-wall Glenfiddich and wall-to-wall cool people. <laughs> and wall-to-wall uh, fajitas and uh, salmon sandwiches. And the Bite of Seattle is so, so fun for all the great food because it's, we're truly an international city, so we have so many different restaurants. You can tr- truly travel the world. But I don't know that we have any food from Scotland. So we'll have oh, to, really? ch- yeah, oh, we'll have have to check that. that out. Yes. I mean, I, I always love uh, Walker's shortbread cookies and a little bit of haggis here and there on January 25th, of course. But uh, hey, everybody, I'm speaking with Jennifer Wren, the Western Regional Brand Ambassador for uh, Glenn Fittick and William Grant & Sons. Uh, she's coming to Seattle tonight and at the uh, Seattle Center for the Bite of Seattle, and they have a special uh, experience. It's called the Glenfiddich Experimental Dome. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about some of the cool cocktails and actually what you're going to be able to do inside the dome. Um, it, uh, I guess, you know, when you're when in dome, do as they do in Rome or something like that. Anyway, hey, folks, <laughs> we'll be right like back. That. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Big news. Sean Hannity. Weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. Hey, Seattle. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you got something tasty in your glass or on your way to the Bite of Seattle. Right now I've got... Jennifer Wren, who's uh, standing over at the Glenfiddich Experimental Dome across the street at the Seattle Center, and we're talking about all the cool things that this free opportunity is to expose yourself to Glenfiddich and uh, all the cool stuff that single malt is. So, Jennifer, um, tell me about what, what's going to take place in there. I know you can fit 40 people, but what are they going to do? Okay, I don't want to give away all the secrets. Uh, there has to be okay. a little bit of mystery. All right. But... Um, what they're going to do is they're going to be presented with Glenfiddich in a lot of different capacities. So one of the things we have is a color station that invites you to taste with your eyes. 
Um, I don't, you may know this, obviously you know a lot about food and spirits, but um, people tend to see the color red, for instance, and they will immediately think, oh, this is sweet and fruity or potentially like cinnamon and spicy and people see the color blue or green and they think oh this is fresh like a cucumber or it has like earthy notes or or, you know or like sort of watery notes right um so there's a lot of conversation about the color of whiskey and most of the color of whiskey comes from the cask that it's aged in but you know there, there are some companies that actually do darken their whiskey you know to get a consistency of color so within the whiskey world, we always like to say, yes, of course, you're, you're, you're seeing the whiskey, but does darker matter? Does a redder whiskey play better on a shelf? Does a lighter whiskey make people think it's young? Um, so it's, it's kind of going back to older whiskey tropes and older whiskey conversations, but turning it on its head. So that's, that's one of my favorite stations. I, I love to see people um, become pleasantly surprised at what they're actually tasting. Um, one of the other stations we have is an aroma station. Uh, we have a very, very special mechanism set up so that people get to break down all the beautiful aromas that are in Glenfiddich. So wow. like our 12-year-old has a really, really strong pear or apple component to it. And when we break it down, again, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets, but we break it down in this specific way, that pear just sings, just rises right to the top. And it's very different than if you just held a glass to your nose and gave it a whiff. So wow. cool stuff like that. Lots of modern technology. I love it. This is, uh, you know, I think it's it's great. And this is this is one of the first things I've ever heard of in the single malt scotch world or even the beverage world, I should say. I know that we, for the wine industry, we're always, you know, blind tasting. Then we have a lot of scents in coffee cups that you can't see and you try to smell them and figure out what it is. But this is more using the brain's capacity to fool itself, it sounds like, which sounds fun. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is that I, I, I think a lot of people when they're approaching, you know, food or spirits, they don't realize that there are a lot of tricks of the trade. There are, <laughs> you know, there are food stylists out there that they'll, you know, they'll set something on fire behind a hamburger to get like a smoke coming off and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's, it's teaching people to take more control of their perception, and therefore, if they understand what they're being presented with, then they enjoy it more. Um, you know, and then they can put it in the context of, oh my gosh, you know, single malt is not just this inaccessible thing. Now I have all these tools, I have all these ideas, I can just have a good time with it. I like it. So when I was the uh, director of wine and spirits at that private club, um, one of the things we always talked about through our single malt scotch committee was the idea of complexity. And, you know, I always, we had this great debate is the complexity of a single malt scotch is, is unique. And um, there's some, some sense of infinity there, whereas it's infinite and it keeps going. You can talk about it all day. But is a single malt scotch more complex than a blended scotch? When you think about a blended scotch, you've got a, a, up to 40 different whiskeys in there. So you would think that would be more complex. What's your take on that? Well, okay, so I'd say, first of all, um, and, and I, I very rarely say hard and fast rules, but th- there is no difference in quality between a blended malt or a single malt. Um, they, I've had some of the most beautiful blended malts in the world, and I've had some of the most beautiful single malts in the world. And to answer your question directly, they are equally complex in different ways. Um, What makes single malt different is that when we're approaching a single malt, we're looking for the very specific distillery character 
um, that came out of that one distillery producing that one spirit, right? So um, go back to what I said about Glenfiddich. We have this, this pear and apple quality that's in every single thing we make. Sometimes it's hiding a little bit behind spice. Sometimes it's very omnipresent. But that is our distillery character. So with complexity, if I'm approaching that, I'm going to be looking at all the cool things that Glenfiddich did to create this whiskey. I'm going to be looking at fermentation times and specific uh, copper still shapes and all these things that went directly into producing the complexity of this spirit, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at a blend, what I might be looking at, and you know, in an age of transparency, we're starting to actually see where blends come from. Um, if I'm looking at a blend, I might say, okay, we got some, some of this and some of that. And I might be looking for where's the note from this distillery and where's the note from that distillery and where's the smokiness coming from or the, you know, the, the leathery, you know, uh, finish coming from. So it's a way, in a way, single malt is very focused on complexity from process and blends are very focused on complexity from the make of the blend, but equally complex. I love that. That's the best answer I've ever heard. And uh, (laughs) it is, I guess, you know, it's a win-win kind of thing. Everyone wins. And of course, when you're drinking uh, pretty much anything, you're probably feeling pretty good about it. And of course, you probably get more confidence to challenge some of those, uh, those debates and and, uh, do some good argumenting. Um, Well, let's talk about some cocktails. I know that you said that uh, Glenfiddich is very approachable and accessible. Um, I understand that. Are you having special cocktails at the Bite of Seattle as well? We are having special cocktails. And unfortunately, I don't know the ones that we're going to be serving today. Um, We have been doing them on a rotating basis throughout the country. Um, I do know one of the things that we've been leading with in in almost every state that we visited is the Glenfiddich Old Fashioned. Um, Our 14-year-old plays really, really well in in American-style cocktails. Um, So I've used it in things like Sazerac's. I've used it in Manhattan's. But uh, the Glenfiddich 14 Old Fashioned is an absolute winner. So I I almost guarantee that's going to be there today. Um, The girls are are blending up all the – right now, batching all the cocktails. Um, (laughs) And that's just been – it's just been a winner from soup to nuts. But when we originally approached this project, we did go directly to the trade and we said – hey, guys, you're incredible. We want you to have some fun. And they came back at us with ideas. Um, So these are going to be cocktails that are very unconventional to, you know, the average guest. I mean, they're not going to walk in. I mean, the the, uh, old-fashioned is the most uh, probably recognizable. Everything else is really going to play with cask type or flavor profile or really, really delve into, like, maybe our 15, which is, um, a very, very complex whiskey, but we're going to play with some of those, like, um, you know, uh, cinnamon apple notes, and we're going to bring that out, you know, with things like, you know, um, Averno and, and you know, rich um, uh, ingredients. So I think people are going to be really surprised. I think, again, it's, it's the factor. I always love the eyes light up factor. They're like, what, a single malt cocktail? And then they sip it, and they're like, oh, my God, this is the best old-fashioned I've ever had. Well, it makes sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's so fun to see people sort of be um, impressed and and uh, surprised at how delicious something can taste. Because I think 
the single malt is like, oh, you know, we're we're tr- we're purists. We don't we put a little couple drops of water or maybe an ice cube, but we just drink single malt as itself. And I think that that is uh, that's always a tried and true way to enjoy the spirit, of course. But adding something to get you know different experiences and expressions in the mouth of flavor that that makes a lot of sense. How many expressions does Glenfiddich produce? Oh goodness gracious! Can I do this off the top of my head? <laughs> um, well, okay. So there's there's a longer answer to that. In America, we have a core range of four, 12, 14, 15, 18. We have an extended range uh, of 21, 26, 40, and 50, okay? Okay. In other countries, <laughs> they are, uh, we, we're the only country in the world, uh, I think Canada is going to get it very shortly, that has Glenfiddich 14. Um, it was made specifically for the American market and for the American palate as, an, as actually an ode to American whiskey making. Um, in other countries, though, we have the what we call the Global Travel Retail Collection. So we have the Cast Collection, which is three. We have Age of Discovery, which is three different ones. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going to get, up, I think, probably in the 20, 25 to 30 range of different expressions that are currently available for purchase worldwide. Um, that's a lot. That is and a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and what we just did too is we launched the experimental series. So that uh, literally just uh, hit the world earlier this year. And our first experimental expression was Glenfiddich IPA. So now we've even expanded beyond age or cask. We've now expanded into the world of experimental opportunities with our whiskey. Wow. That's that's really breaking from tradition as far as uh, Scottish Scotland Scotch goes. Um, all that tradition and, and the the purists and the stories and I, I I wonder how some of those graves are shaking right now. Those guys are rolling around. Oh my God! Uh, it's so fun. You hey, know, um... <laughs> hey, tell you, hold that thought. We're going to take a break, and when we come back from this break, I want to learn about this uh, Glenfiddich Twenty thing you've got going on. Speaking with Jennifer Wren, the Western Ambassador for Glenfiddich Distillery, right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local weekdays, 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. That's right, a round for the house, we say, here at Happy Hour Radio. It's uh, by the Seattle taking place next door. It's Saturday night. The night is hot. And uh, this is time for segment three, round three as it is. I got three bottles of beautiful single malt scotch whiskey before me. I've got this lovely Glenfiddich India Pale Ale, Indian Pale Ale, it says actually, which so I'm, I'm curious about this. Um, the 14 year old Glenfiddich is one of the uh, stalwarts of our industry that uh, um, is made for the American palate. And of course, a brand new experimental whiskey called the Glenfiddich Project 20. Now, Jennifer, let's talk about, uh, um, I know you talked about 25 plus different expressions throughout the world, but here today, um, I've got this thing called Indian Pale Ale. This is part of that experimental series, but who thought about that name, and is that trying to capture the beer crowd, or what? Sure, so uh, I love telling these little insider stories. 
Um, the best thing about India Parallel, which is experimental series number one, was it was not supposed to be number one. It was actually supposed to be number two because Project 20 was in development uh, during the time that India Parallel came to be. It was, it was already something that was in the works. Um, so India Parallel was this amazing, uh, almost like synchronistic meeting between Mr. Brian Kinsman, our master blender, and a gentleman named Seb Jones, who is a brewer. So Seb lives in a town called Forest, about eight miles away from our town, Dufftown. And Seb and Brian collaborated on this idea of finishing a single malt in a beer cask. Now, Glenfiddich, in general, has been known for innovation forever. We've done a lot of firsts. And one of the first we did at our overall company, William Grant and Sons, is that we put a blended single malt, excuse me, a blended scotch into a beer cask. And that's our, our blended Grant's Ale cask. But we had never done it before with single malt. So You mean Grant's Ryan Ale from Yakima, Washington? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Grant's the big, the big blended brand, but oh. we have an ale cask. Yes, I see. Yes. Okay, I was um, like, Wow. Yeah, that's our blended, Scott. So, so Glenfiddich and Balvenier are single malts, and Grant's is our blended. Um, but so what Brian did is he collaborated with Seb. And in lieu of just going to Seb and, like, taking some barrels and bringing them back, we actually worked with Seb to create an India Pale Ale to only, only put in the cask to finish Glenfiddich. So the India Pale Ale is actually chemically created to basically make Glenfiddich sting, to bring out our fruit notes, to bring out our vanilla notes, to play back and forth against the, the flavors of the beer. So what we do is we have, um, Seb creates that beer for us. We bring that beer back to the distillery. We put it in American oak casks for just about four weeks. We take the, the beer back out and we put our Glenfiddich in there for four months. So it is literally an American oak barrel, ex-bourbon, Beer goes in it, and then it becomes an ex-India Pale Ale, ex-bourbon American oak cask that we use to finish Glenfiddich. Wow. So what happens to the beer? Do you guys yeah. get to drink the beer? <laughs> I have actually drunk the beer. Now, you can't currently get it on the open market, uh, but I have had the beer, and it's actually pretty good. Wow. So, well, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because beer, making beer and distilling is, is you know, you're just taking it one more step, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, because beer and whiskey, I mean, it's in essence like beer is the little brother of whiskey. I mean, very, very similar process until you put it in the still. The progenitor, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, very interesting. Now, uh, the Indian Pale Ale sounds delicious, and i got to say my nose is a little stuffed up, but um, uh, let's talk about the uh, Project 20. Now, this seems really, really uh, far-reaching of an idea. It is. And so Project 20 became Experimental Series number two. Um, and, uh, it, you know, for those of you out there in Radioland, it actually on the package says Project XX, but it is Project 20. And the 20 represents not the age of the whiskey, but the 20 ambassadors from around the world, from 16 countries, that came together and chose a cast that best represented their palate and their love of whiskey. And we took all of those 20 casts together and we blended them because, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but single malt is blended. It's only blended with itself. So 20 casks of Glenfiddich, put it all together and we came out with Project 20. And the reason it is experimental and the reason that, you know, everyone was holding their breath 
is we didn't know this was going to work. We, you know, you never know. You you have you have twenty different you know uh, right. palettes. Too and, many cooks uh, spoil the broth, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I am very proud of it. I am one of the 20, so I, I have a very personal connection to the liquid. But I think <laughs> it's one of the finest liquids we've ever produced. I love, I love sharing it with people. I, I hope you enjoyed it, Christopher. Uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it all day and night as I uh, work through this little bit of allergy season I've got going here. Um, let's just read some of the countries that the ambassadors are from. It says France, Canada, Germany, Taiwan, China, Southeast Asia, the Ukraine, Brazil. England, Scotland, and Mexico, the Netherlands, South Korea, Russia, and South Africa. You ever been to South Africa? Yes. I have not. My my boss just went, and I was real jealous. He went down and visited um, our ambassador down there who, wow. who participated in this project. I was uh, there uh, six, eight months ago, and it's fantastic. What a beautiful place. It's it's really cool. But that just made me think of it. Uh, so all those people, I mean, that's just kind of an expensive blend. you got to get all these people up here. they just got to, you know, taste through some casks and figure out which one they like the most and then bring it to the table, huh? 100%. So what we do uh, every year, the entire Glenfiddich team from around the world, um, I think we're up to 20 six ambassadors now, maybe 25, um, we all go to the distillery once a year. So this project took place in 2015 when the whole team, which at that point was 20, um, came to the distillery for the annual visit. Um, and yes, it is, it's like the UN of whiskey. I, it's really, everybody has like their country in front of them and, you know, everybody has all of these opinions and um, we, we share best practice from what everyone's doing all over the world. But it, it's such a gift to have created something with them because my fellow ambassadors are incredible, incredible people and true whiskey experts. And so is this product going to be available to uh, the consumers? Is this a special on-premise only? Is this a distillery special or a uh, Scotch Club special? How does one find this Project 20? Oh, no, it is 100% available. So initially, the idea was to do a limited bottling with just the, the original uh, whiskey. And we decided it was so successful and so beautiful of a liquid that we were going to keep it in perpetuity. So it is now worldwide. It is available everywhere and is not going away anytime soon, as far as I know. Oh, love it. Well, that's very exciting, and I'm, I'm pleased to have my little taste here as well. So, uh, Vita Seattle's here. You've got some specialty cocktails. I see one here, a recipe for this uh, spiked Scottish lemonade, and there's another oh, for, yes. <laughs> for the uh, Orchid Hour. The Orchid Orchard Hour. Uh, orchard Hour. Orchard yeah, Hour, orchid yeah. Orchard Hour. Uh, Maro and Montenegro, which is a great uh, Amaro, one of my favorite. Calvados, and then Amontillado Sherry. So, Glenfiddich, Solera... Amaro, Calvados, Amontillado. That sounds very, very complex. It sounds delicious, and it's just stir over ice and strain, strain it up. Wow. I'm yeah, try and that. I think that the funny thing is a lot. You know, a lot of times when you're you're dealing with these large, you know, scale events where you have a lot of people coming through, there's like this idea that you have to like dumb down a cocktail or something or make it not that interesting. And yet, when we do an incredibly complex cocktail that that involves sherry, you know, which is you know not as familiar to the American palate. We find that people just gravitate towards it, and they're so pleasantly surprised that they're drinking something that has had so much thought put into it. And, you know, so much of uh, single malt in general and a lot of Glenfiddich is aged in ex-sherry casks, so the sherry notes are already present in our whiskey. So when we combine it with actual sherry, you just get this layer upon layer of delightful flavor. 
I'm really impressed with that idea. We just held uh, the uh, International Wine and Spirits Symposium here in Seattle called Psalm Summit, and we had Lustau Sherry doing an ambassador certification course, and we had uh, Montiato and Pilicortado, and I just love Sherry. It's so deliciously complex. It's yummy, and it goes down so well. But it adds some acidity to your, your cocktail here, which I think is the coolest part, because you've got the Negro, uh, sorry, the uh, Amaro, which is very herbaceous, but also sweet. That Montenegro is very, very delicately sweet. And the Calvados, which gives you this beautiful uh, sort of a copper apple flavor. And the Amontillado Sherry, which gives you that uh, roasted nuts and um, a little bit of uh, hints of uh, toffee and, and coffee as well. Um, so cool. And you'll be here all weekend for the Bite of Seattle and the Glenfiddich Experimental Dome. Hey, Jennifer Wren. Yes, and... Had a great time. Please stop by and say hello. I'll see you there. I'd love to meet everybody. I'm on my way. I'll see you there. Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI 1 and 0 weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Alright folks, hey, well happy Saturday night It's time for our fourth and final segment Hope you're having a great night And hope you enjoyed that segment That uh, talk and taste with Jennifer Wren Of the Glenfiddich Single Malt Scotch Distillery in Scotland uh, I just got a book in the mail And I thought it was kind of curious It's called North Dakota Beer A Heady History uh, When you think about North Dakota You think mostly about bison and buffalo And perhaps some Indian reservations and Or I guess you could probably say Some fracking of oil and shale And things like that But uh, this is kind of curious And I get these books coming through And I, I was just thumbing through it um, Earlier this morning and it's pretty neat. If you want to learn about history and see some cool pictures about a place that you're not familiar with, in some respects, it looks like our backyard, but in other respects, it looks like another country. It's called North Dakota Beer, a heady history. Um, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's, if you're into beer, it's, it's pretty cool. they got some good photos, and, they, and their history goes back, um, looks like, 100 years or so. Uh, so that just came in the mail. That's really fun for me. Um, coming up uh, in the next few weeks, we've got a bunch of wine walks. Uh, check out SeattleUncorked.com. My friend David LeClaire and Melinda Wells both host these events. Um, they're in Bothell. One will be in West Seattle and one's in Kirkland. So uh, if you live in any of those neighborhoods, be sure to check out Seattle Uncorked. These are great opportunities. We're pouring a bunch of wine. I know Coral Wines will be there. And uh, hey, you got to check out Coral Wines if you haven't tasted it yet. It's uh, absolutely delicious. White coral, pink coral and red coral coralwines.com um, coming up in August of course is the uh, Sunset Supper over at the Pike Place Market this is really a fantastic evening um, you know when we talk about August that means uh, you know September's right around the corner so my heart gets a little heavy, and but this is a way to, to sort of send out summer. Um, we Of course, we get that great Indian summer, but the uh, Pike Place Market Sunset Supper, there are literally, I think, 150 different vendors. There's uh, spirits and cider and beer and wine and food and chocolate and hot sauce and, um, and music and entertainment and a lot of fun. So that's a great... Um, 
benefit for the Pike Place Market Foundation, which helps senior housing and, and just keeps that, uh, that amazing treasure of our um, community alive and vibrant. Then later on in the month, we have the Auction of Washington Wines. And of course, this is the granddaddy of uh, our wine events for our wine industry. This is, I believe, the 30th, the 31st, might be the 30th. Yes, I believe it's the 30th annual. And uh, of course, it takes place at Chateau Saint-Michel, the grounds there. Now, there's a, uh, three tiers here. We actually, we've got um, the picnic, the winemaker's picnic on Thursday, which is really cool. It starts like 4 o'clock and goes to about 8. It's in the twilight, and you got winemakers running around, pouring their wine, and, and uh, you got the taste of Tulalip or, or Tulalip Company. They're catering, providing fantastic food. I mean, really amazing food. you got this, this gigantic dessert station. And, of course, some good entertainment as well. It's the auction of Washington wines. All benefits, uh, proceeds benefit Children's Hospital, and, of course, the Washington State University Enology and Viticulture Center in their school so we can keep getting top-notch scientists to help us make better wines and grow better grapes and keep pests away and do all that fun stuff. And then uh, you got to circle the date. Uh, coming up in November, I know, it's far away. And uh, But when you think about being warm in the sun and having a great beverage, think about Holiday Wine Fest because she'll be warm inside. It's uh, Saturday, November 11th. It's over at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall and the proceeds benefit it's scholarships for our wine industry and uh, spirits industry professionals, the Psalm, Scholar, Psalm Summit Scholarship Foundation, and uh, that is part of our Psalm Summit uh, International Wine and Spirits Symposium. That is uh, Saturday, November 11th. There's going to be international wines, international beers. We'll have spirits. We'll have uh, some ciders. We'll have lots of food. And, of course, what I think is the most cool part in addition to having a, a lot of great taste, is that we have artisan shopping. And this is a lot of the local Seattle um, boutique artisan, artisanal producers of crafts. We have jewelry, we have fashion, we have chocolate, we have um, bar accessories. Uh, who else was there? Um, it, it's really, really fun. Oh, Glassy Baby, and uh, of course you have truffles. Um, if you're looking for little gifts, this is a great time because basically it's like shopping at Nordstrom or uh, Macy's, but you have a cocktail in your hand, and you've got food, and uh, it feels good. It's Saturday. There's two sessions. It's noon to 4 and 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, tickets are $45 and $55, and the, the, the evening event is uh, going to be pretty sexy. You get a souvenir, Riedel Magnum uh, glass, and, of course, you get to taste all these fantastic beverages. We'll have a little DJ entertainment. And it's going to be lots and lots of fun. The second annual Holiday Wine Fest taking place over at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. Well, folks, I'm having a great time. And uh, forgive me for my voice. Uh, it's just this allergies uh, kicking my nostrils, kicking my nose. And uh, it's tough. But I hope you have enjoyed the show. Remember, if you ever miss a show, and uh, if you ever want to turn your friends on to it, check out happyhourradio.net. We've got it on our website. There's over 150 shows on there now. Uh, you can check out the show from uh, Master Sommelier Richard Betts most recently. And, uh, of course, uh, send something. Uh, check out the Experimental Dome at Bite of Seattle. I'm on my way over there right now, so I'll see you there. And remember, when you're driving around Seattle, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers! <laughs> 